Ho, 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 Josh. Ho, 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 Tanner. You will not be hearing a regular episode next week. Oh, why? Being the savvy podcasters that we are, we realized that if we released the penultimate and final episodes of season one on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, a lot of people might not be able to listen to them right away because they are with family or loved ones or celebrating the birth of Christ. Or the birth of Arceus. <laughs> or the birth of Arceus. He's so pleased with himself. <laughs> Instead, we are going to be releasing two holiday episodes starting next week, wherein we watch the back-to-back 1998 holiday special episodes of the anime, starting with... Episode 39, Holiday Hijinks, which is part one of a two-parter, and then we will follow up with part two of the two-parter, Snow Way Out, the following week. So if you don't want to listen to us talk about the anime for two weeks, you can skip them, and we will be back with the final two episodes the following week after that. We will be back with your regularly scheduled great Pokemon podcast content on January 7th. All right, cool. We will um, catch you with that next week. Goodbye, bug catchers. Smell ya. Wait, snow ya later. Um, smell ya. I got nothing. I got nothing. Snow ya later is not bad. Happy holidays. Yeah, snow snow ya later. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hello and welcome, bug trainers, to. Experience Share, a Pokemon podcast starring me, Kangaskanner Greenring, aka Tanner Greenring, and my co-host, Josh Fing, Fjellstad, aka Josh Fjellstad, coughing. <laughs> it's so simple and elegant that it goes back to what I was saying several episodes ago about like having to confine you only to the first generation, because yeah. I think you would have cleared that pretty quickly. It- Additionally, it's bug catchers. What did I say? Bug trainers. <laughs> Still. Well, whatever. Josh, if you're noticing a certain quality to our sound, it's because our podcast is cursed, and our very first standing Tuesday night appointment to record, <laughs> you text me at 8.30 in the morning and say... My husband, Titan of Podcasting, Bobby Finger, who weekly, needs to use the rig tonight in our home that we share. And what can we do about that? And I said, come to my co-working space where I record each week. We'll go into the haunted basement where we are now. It's called the Underground. It's a long corridor, for some reason, full of beanbag chairs. With, like, barn doors? So we're in the basement of a very old building in Brooklyn, and on one side of the long corridor is barn doors that are locked from our side, keeping something out. We don't know what's in there. Or keeping something from getting in. It's a weird space. They're not like fun beanbags, by the way. They're, they're like, like very small. They're black. They're all black, and they have like a back and arms as though they're like lazy boys. But they're not. They don't have any of the good qualities of a lazy boy, and they don't have any of the good qualities of a beanbag, and they're just basically a black, ominous lump that is 
surrounding us. Neither of us has, has option to use them. We're both just sitting on the hard ground. We're also sitting at like a little coffee table that's about two feet high. So we're just sitting here like cross-legged staring at each other because King Bobby, king of the world, king of the podcasting world, needed to record his precious hit podcast that everyone loves. This week, bug catchers, have we got a treat for you. We did some a lot of it. A lot of it. We journeyed from gym number six. We journeyed from Saffron City, where we had beaten Sabrina. Taught her a lesson about the terrible feng shui of her gym with those terrible transporters. We kicked her tush. And then... Back to Fuchsia City. So that we could launch into the long journey to Cinnabar Island. Where, I don't know about you, but I finally got what I thought was going to be the item that is the moniker of this show, and we forgot that in Generation 1 it is called Experience All, not Experience Share. This is an important question, this many episodes deep into our podcast. Laid on me, String Bean. Is it ever called Experience Share, or is it always called Experience All? It is called Experience Share in all of them other than this generation. Well. Idiots. We messed that up. But it's fine. You guys love the name. As we said, it's clever. It seems like they move encountering the experience share, like whoever gives you the experience share, earlier and earlier every game. I haven't played that many Pokemon games, but it's like in the second town in like XY, they're like, oh, here, this will split all your experience between your Pokemon. I like the idea of it, but I do not like how they keep making it easier. We're like, oh, now it's like, oh, you can just have your champion fight every battle, and everyone is just riding its coattails. Listen to me, Joshua. As someone who just spent hours in the Pokemon Mansion leveling up a Tentacruel, I'm fine with the modern experience share. Well. I'm on the the Bulbapedia page for experience share right now. Oh, I am too. And I'm seeing an image of it on the right here, which implies to me that it's some kind of, like, VR helmet that the trainer wears that broadcasts experience out to everyone on the team. Do you see this little helmet thing? I'm seeing it. You don't think you put it on the Pokemon? And it's a cute little accessory? Maybe, but, like... Does it say? It doesn't say. And then you, you scroll down, and there's artwork later on, and... The secondary artwork down here in the bottom has a little spike in the front. It's shaped like it belongs on a human head, so. I see that. However, the trainer doesn't really get any, I mean. The trainer's. I guess it's Joshua, just experience. Joshua, but... this entire game is not about the destination. It's about the journey. Everyone who is still listening to this has seen us on an incredible journey. I've learned so much in my time in the Kanto region. For instance, I could go back to Diglett Cave and get more experience than I could with Experience Share. It's so useless. Experience all. Absolutely. Like Jeb Bush, it's a waste. Is that a thing Jeb Bush said? Yeah, that's what Donald Trump said about Jeb Bush. It's one of his only good quotes. Well, I'll cut that one. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we made our way down to... Seafoam Islands, and then to Cinnabar Islands. You may be the water Pokemon master, but I'm someone who has only lived on islands for most of my life. So I was 
loving it. You grew up on a little island called Bainbridge Island. That's right. Which is where all the rich people in Seattle live. But the liberals. It's <laughs> one of the most liberal cities in America. Not the conservatives who all lived on Mercer Island, who was theoretically our rival. Island rivals? Yeah. Yeah. Moved here to New York, where you live on Long Island. That's right. I live on Long Island, too. A lot of people don't quite realize that. Brooklyn is part of just regular old Long Island. I had to explain that to my mom somewhat recently. And... I've met her. It was troubling. Yeah. I think both of my parents still struggle with EST, the time zone difference, where they will text me to start a conversation at like 11 p.m. on a Friday night. I have a friend who I do another podcast with. It's called The Babysitter's Club Club, and it's about the Babysitter's Club books. My friend Jack lives in Austin, Texas, which is just one time zone away. And you would be baffled by how often he fucks it up. I will like come here to this co-working space at like 730 at night and be like, I'm ready. And he'll say, oh, sorry. I meant 730 central time. <laughs> what? He's just he's Eastern Standard Time. It's Eastern right there in the name. Standard Time. It we're the standard if it's not Greenwich. And he also came from here. He moved to Austin from Brooklyn. Like and we're the cultural capital of the world. You cannot be expected to adapt to central time. It's a joke. What, are you kidding me? I started a segue a little while ago. And I neglected to follow through with it and the segue was into our hit segment level check. Level check. I think we are at the point in the game where our leveling is going to slow down considerably now because we're we're approaching the end game at this point where we've beaten seven gyms now. We only have Giovanni and the Elite Four. Giovanni gives you a badge? Yeah, the eighth gym badge. Earth badge, I think. Joshua, my leveling has slowed considerably, but I'm excited and happy and willing to share my levels with you now if you're open to it yeah you could tell me i'm sure it will still be higher than me but i well do you want to go first then because if you go second and my levels are all higher than yours it's going to be pretty humiliating whereas if you go first people will forget about your embarrassing pokemon levels by the time i yeah you end on a high note yeah yeah. i have a surprise as well hardly interested but <laughs> at the top of the lineup we have lord gort alakazam level 43 okay <laughs> top of the lineup meaning your most most powerful pokemon on your team no perhaps i've saved the best for last okay we have Churchill, Raichu, level 43 as well. Okay, both are weaker than all my Pokemon. I don't let anyone get too far ahead of anyone else because it's it fine. breeds it's fine. resentment. If you need to make up excuses, that's fine. Bodica, Vileplume, level 44. Henry VIII, <laughs> Machamp, 43. Palmerston, yeah. Charizard, 46. Getting there. Victoria is the new... Entrant. Tell me more. Victoria, who is on uh, my top tier monarchs, she is also a Dragonair currently. She will soon be a Dragonite. And she was going to be, but I just purely ran out of time because 
every level that she levels up since level like 35 has required 6,000 experience points. And she leveled up from Dratini at level 30 to Dragonair. And ever since then, it's just been this grind. I was going to say, it doesn't it start as a Dratini? Yeah, in Safari Zone. Dragonair? I don't think I've ever heard of a Pokemon called Dragonair. Oh, it looks just like Dr- Dratini. Can I say this? Yeah. And I hate to always bring the show in this direction. Dragonair can get it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Look at this beautiful Dragonair Pokemon. It's it's like so sleek. It's so, dare I say, sexy. Dragonair is very... It's got a little horn. Very attractive. <laughs> It's like an attractive Pokemon. It's got like doe eyes yeah. where you could get lost in there. You can get lost in those eyes. Dragonair is a beautiful Pokemon. Is that your cutie this week, by the way? No. Okay. Definitely runner up. Dragonair is level 43. When it goes to Dragonite, it goes back to being like this. Like, it's, Dragonite's essentially like if Charizard was like a chonky boy, right? That's about right. What you're looking at probably once Victoria is a Dragonite is probably the final team for the elite four tell me i want to learn a little bit a little more about dragonair is dragonair potentially a water type pokemon are you starting to encroach on mr squirt's she is a straight up dragon okay currently she has slam ice beam thunder wave and body slam slam her with my ice beam oh no (laughs) it didn't feel good saying it i'll admit i'll admit it didn't feel good saying it i hated saying it are you Pure just dragon. trying to cultivate a uh, furry following? I'm not specifically sexually interested in Pokemon, <laughs> but yet, and yet, you said the other day, so we had plans to go to a event in New York City, Bug Catchers, Oh. and it was for Josh's birthday, and it was going to be me and Josh and his friend Michael. It was like a Pokemon-themed burger restaurant where everything looked like Pokemon, and they got shut down by Nintendo of America for a copyright infringement. So we're, we're not going to go. And I s- sent Josh a Slack and said, are we worried about Pokemon of America shutting down our podcast? And he said, no, our podcast is fine. Maybe they'll even like it so much that they'll sponsor it. <laughs> and I had to say to him, I think we talk a little bit too much about Pokemon blowjobs for that to be a viable option. Right, which is unfortunately correct and uh, not my fault no not your fault and i i did say we talk about pokemon blowjobs a little bit too much but what i meant was i talk about pokemon blowjobs too much gauge in the conversation but it is your fault that the conversation is on the table at all nintendo of america if you're listening please show mercy on us we're celebrating your games we love them some of us love them a little too much right even joshua can I tell you about my sweet bad boys and girls who are going to come womp you? I spent an undue amount of time in the Pokemon Mansion leveling my latest beauty, Marguerite, my tentacruel. I got her up to level 40. Wow. Okay. An embarrassingly low level. When does she evolve? She evolved at 30. Okay. She's got rap, which is really fun. Still, this you have this rap and this like clamp obsession. Yeah, it's really you nice. just want to like trap everyone. Well, <laughs> guess what? When we finally battle, you're gonna be singing a different tune because all your Pokemon are gonna be trapped in my clamshells and wrapped by my 
tentacles. I have to tell you that Dratini started with rap, and I did get a certain thrill out of it for a while when it's I was leveling, leveling her up. But eventually, I got sick of it too, and that's when I replaced it with slam. We're talking like rap's f- annoying. We're talking about rap is annoying three or for five everyone. Turns where everyone like, involved. They can't do anything. So the, the trainer, the person who it's being inflicted on. Tentacruel has a little bit of ways to go before I can do some real damage. She has to learn sword dance. She has to learn a couple other things. But like she's on, well on her way to being a viable Pokemon for the end game. Next up is Oberon, my Gyarados. I don't think Oberon has leveled at all since last time we talked. He's still level 44 and he's doing well. Next up is Pierre, my Polyrath, who I don't think... I also don't think has leveled very much. He's level 45. Next up is Francoise, my star me, who also has not leveled up. She is my psychic slash water type. Then we've got Jean-Baptiste, who did some power leveling this week at Blaine's gym and got up to level 49. Okay. And then my sweet powerhouse, Celeste, the cloister, level 50. You have a level advantage, but the type advantage is like a joke. I mean... What do you mean? I've got a water type. I've got a poison type. I've got a psychic type. I've got a dragon type. I've got a fighting type. And I've got an ice type. Aside from that, Vileplume and Raichu are super effective against all of them. We also have Alakazam, who's super effective against at least Tentacruel. Can I admit something to you now? I've been doing some heavy research trying to figure out specifically how to combat your team in the end game i thought your whole thing was not and yet here i am researching and yet here i am i'm trying to find the best move sets and the best pokemon team within water type to combat bad josh and sorry regular josh you josh it was at least cool your pokemon team no absolutely not <sighs> Your Alakazam is my real tricky one. That's going to be a big problem. But I think I've developed some strategies against it. So I wouldn't be so cocky and I wouldn't be so high and mighty because I think when it comes down to it, keep in mind, I have to re-level all these fucking Pokemon again. It's essentially pointless for me to level any of these Pokemon on my Game Boy Advance because I just have to re-level them all again on the 3ds in order to fight you and i had to make it a little interesting for the podcast i couldn't just come back and be like all my level pokemon are the same level before we get into the meat of the episode and talk about our journey down to cinnabar i think we should take a quick break who's here who's here and making this sound it's 9 30 at night in a co-working space that i'm usually alone at josh and i a moment ago, while on the break, decided to do some urban exploration. And there, the barn doors at the end of the corridor here have two giant deadbolts keeping the doors shut. And we unlocked them and saw what was on the other side. And it was like a unfinished storeroom full of like wheelbarrows and shit. And like Ikea furniture. And then on the other side of the unfinished basement... We saw two doors, and we went over to one, and it was a glass panel door, and we looked in, and it was an identical space to the one we're in, a long corridor, except it was filled with, like, spray paint and, like, tools and stuff like that. And then on the other side, it was a door that 
was also glass paneled and I flashed my flashlight through it and saw <laughs> access to the street. So it's like in Brooklyn, there are these like on the sidewalks, there are these like doors that open up that give like bodegas and restaurants access to their basements so that they can like bring storage, storage, and storage down. And I flashed my flashlight in and saw that it was access to the street. And then we heard a woman go, and say something sort of unintelligible at us and we ran away and it we ran away and immediately very locked scary. the doors and i think maybe she was living in the <laughs> in the crawl space which would explain the banging that i heard that one time that i was here alone and that i continue to hear now yeah. that i'm here i hear banging pretty much constantly and i'm sure that this recording is not very good it's a terrifying space that we find ourselves <laughs> in. we're not recording here again and you have issue with something else at the space I invited you, Josh, I invite you, my friend, into my co-working space that I pay insane amount of money for every month. It's not my problem. And you came in and you're like, oh, are there snacks? Oh, are there snacks? And I was like, yeah, there's snacks. Well, you advertised the snacks to me. I said, yeah, baby. And then snacks. I realized I was hungry. Go get snacks, baby. And you went up and you're like, the snacks are not to my liking. <laughs> I don't even really know where to begin with the snacks, so let me start with what is acceptable. The middle one, there are only three, which is... Only three free snacks! The middle one is almonds, salted, which I tried. Fine. Great. Fine. Excellent. Fine. Very respectable. No issues. Now, to the right of that, you get to enjoy, quote-unquote, enjoy the lesser trail mix it's not the one where you like get the. It's not the one where like the M and M's are mixed in there and like. It's like Chex Mix. Wasabi it's like pretzels, peas, peanuts, wasabi peas. It's good. Crunchy. It's good. It's fine. Yeah. But let me tell you about what's on the left side. <laughs> now this is where I was really disturbed. It was a thing of Skittles. It's a giant like carafe of Skittles that you pull, push a little lever on, and it dispenses a handful of Skittles to you. One of the most fucked up things it, I've ever seen. I will admit that it is super fucked up. <laughs> it needs to be. I, mean, I love it this sh space. Should not even be M and M's. But if it's going to be anything, it should be M and M's. I love this space, and I pay a lot of money for it. And it has been up until very recently, M and M's. But for some reason, this month, they decided to swap it out for Skittles. And there's something, I'll say it, downright psychopathic. There's something psychopathic about a giant, like, Skittle dispenser. Like, truly deranged. It's like, here are your options of things you can snack on right now. Almonds. Chex Mix. Skittles. Yeah. Skittles. It's weird. It's like, oh, are you going to be very reasonable, slightly unreasonable, or fucking hog- wild yeah. like just eating a whole thing of skittles uncontrolled i was shook i mean i was shook uh, yes it it's horribly off-putting what <laughs> it honestly sounds like someone is running wind sprints the sound that is happening we're in the basement above us is a normal office space with desks and like that's it and it sounds like someone is running sprints across the floor back and forth. And I don't... It, I think it's a ghost. I don't know what else would be happening up there. Yeah. It's bad, man. Anyway. And speaking of bad men, let me tell you about what I thought about those trainers on Route 19. 
all of these people who are just swimming around in the middle of the ocean, seemingly, are trashing me for riding around on a Pokemon. If anything, they should idolize me. I don't need to prove to any of you people that I know how to swim. I'm riding around on my Elizabeth, my my uh, Nido Queen, which doesn't make any sense. So you should be even love, more impressed. Of all the Pokemon you chose on your team to teach surf to, you, cho- you, you chose Nido Queen. Yeah. I'm riding around on a ground type Pokemon and this all this water that she's surrounded by should be super effective and she should be dead probably. I don't get the the Route 19 and Route 20 trainers. I'll also say this, Surf is a profoundly powerful HM move. I've talked to every single one of my water Pokemon. <laughs> I can pick anyone on my team to surf with. It's got to be the best one. I choose Krabby, my sweet boy, my HM friend. Krabby surfed me down there. Your Nido Queen did the the job for you. I mean, she's got a bikini, so it's like it's surf beach Nido themed. Queen does kind of have a bikini, huh? Yeah. Do you think that's why they chose her? You know what I heard was fucked up. Oh God, I In don't know. I'm Pokemon scared. Yellow, you can surf with Pikachu. Oh yeah. Pikachu just learns a move called like Pikachu like gets a boogie Ooh, board. He, yeah, and then you're on the back of the. The surfboard. <laughs> like, holding onto Pikachu's shoulders? Yeah, yeah. That's fine. The, I, these people <laughs> on Route 19 Ugh. just sit and, like, wade in the water all day waiting for idiots like me to come along. I also know it's well-trod territory at this point, but one of the trainers does, a young female, does approach you on this route and says something along the lines of, like, guess where i'm like hiding my pokeballs and then she's like in a bikini oh god did you catch that i missed that one she's like a bikini lass I repressed or it. whatever like that bikini you know lass. the the trainers along this route are all weirdos like even the dudes are just like they're like standing in this position like they're about to dive they're just like eh, you know yeah. and it's like i don't get i don't get you i don't get you people listen to me I'm Mr. Squirt. I'm a water type trainer. I'm your master. And I don't get this scene. I don't understand what's happening here. And I don't like it. None of it was good. And then you, so we make our way down route 19 to the seafoam islands, which is this abandoned cave complex. There's nothing else there. The only other thing I did finally catch a Pokemon that I, I wanted to talk to you about Tanner. Yeah. When I was wandering around the seafoam islands, I caught a Pokemon called Slowpoke. And when I read its description, it seemed familiar to me. Mm-hmm. What the Pokedex entry said was that Slowpoke is uh, incredibly slow and dopey. And what I realized is that they made a Pokemon for you. Okay. I saw a lot of you when I was in the Seafoam Islands. Okay. And what you're doing is you're nagging me. Is this payback for me calling you super nerd? Super nerd? Yeah. And Slowpoke is cool, and actually he's a very powerful Pokemon, and people really like him, and they love to have him on his team. So he's got psychic type moves, well, and he's got water type is that moves, true? and he's got all sorts of cool moves. Because what I think is interesting is that you're a water type trainer, and you don't have a well, Slowpoke I could, on your team. I could have a po- Slowpoke on my team, but guess what? I'm saving it for a later iteration when he has the third evolution into Slowking. Mm-hmm. Where he's got the funny little conch shell crown... Which isn't in this Pokemon game yet. It's just Slowpoke and Slowbro. 
I like Slowbro. Don't get me wrong. Well, of course you do, because it's it's you. Okay. It's the evolution of you. And here's a Pokemon that you're like. Um, <laughs> here's a Pokemon you're like. Ditto. Because you're a f- shapeless blob, and you're unpleasant to look at. <laughs> okay. <laughs> An easy joke? All right, let's stop insulting one another. So let's go to the chase. Seafoam Islands, there's nothing there really. The puzzle is easy. The puzzle is like you push a bunch of dumb boulders down holes to like block up the water. Yeah. Otherwise, if you like, if you enter a pool of water, your Pokemon, your surf Pokemon gets shoved around until you end up on like a useless chunk of land. But then if you manage to shove a bunch of rocks down a bunch of holes, you can get to a pokemon whom in my opinion joshua is garbage trash and i hate him we got so close mr squirt and i to glory in this game we got so close to capturing a legendary pokemon josh who fit the criteria of my team who was a water type pokemon who I could incorporate into my team dynamics, maybe as like a leader a little bit. But then Articuno, the fucking ice type legendary bird, decided that it was just going to be ice type and not water type in, in any kind of way. And you and I agreed early on in this podcast that ice type is not water type and they're two different types and I'm not able to use ice type Pokemon on my team. No. So that's way too easy. Welcome to the fucking party, Articuno, my newest HM friend, <laughs> whom I use alongside my Zapdos to fly me between islands. Sometimes, sometimes just for fun, Josh, I will f- have Zapdos fly me to an island, and I'll go to the Pokemon Center, and I'll log into the PC, and I'll log into Bill's PC, and I'll deposit Zapdos, and I'll pull out Articuno, and I'll have Articuno fly me to the next island. And then I'll deposit Articuno in this godlike legendary bird. And it's this bird's choice, keep in mind. Could have been this close, this close to being on my team. It's it's the most uncouth thing that I've ever heard that you 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 would use such a powerful and beautiful and multi-talented bird to just fly you around. Okay, so what are you are you saying that you have Articuno on your team now? No, of course not. Are you considering? I'm avoiding using legendaries other than Mewtwo because he's my precious favorite sweet, Pokemon. Sweet, sweet baby that you love so much. My little sweetie baby. And I understand what you're saying, but I'm fine with you being upset with Articuno because I'm you can't use Articuno. I hate I hate Articuno. It does have a very festive sprite, though. You have to admit, good sound, by the way. We are a phase change away from Articuno being viable for my team. If if it could melt a little and become water, fine. Great. I would love to have you on my team, Articuno. That's fine. I mean... I've got my six sweet boys. Who would you ever swap out? I mean, are you thinking about swapping any of them out? Tentacruel has some good endgame moves, including Sword Dance, including Rap, including Poison Sting... Poison stings trash. You put toxic on that bad boy. There's one thing that's bad. There's a poison move that's bad, and there's a poison move that's good. 
poison sting is very bad toxic is very good no, no, no. it's it's poison something and poison something but anyway marguerite has some viability but there is a case to be made and i hate to admit this and i don't now i don't willingly and stubbornly do not want to include it on my team i could swap out marguerite for a slowpoke slash slow bro and have a fun psychic type i think Slowpoke slash Slowbro is the preferred water type. I will have no comment. You have no comment because you don't. You want to make me even weaker against your. Perhaps I have been considering Slowpoke Slowbro into my team. Okay, so it sounds like it's going to be Slowbro versus Slowbro at some point. I don't do that. I have a policy. Anyone who's ever battled me in Super Smash Brothers is the same i will not battle someone who's doing the same character because it's boring do you remember at your bachelor party maybe two years ago you brought your gamecube with you in order to get everyone to play it was your bachelor party keep in mind you're the boss tyrant king we called you you brought your gamecube to make everyone play smash brothers with you no one at the party was interested in playing smash brothers it's a bad, boring fighting game that's also very difficult. And you're very good at it. Good fighting game. I happen to be very good at it. You challenged me one evening to a battle, and I agreed. I said, yes, I'll battle you. And what I did was I picked a character called Kirby, I think. And you picked a character called whatever, Mewtwo. It was Mewtwo. And what I did was jump and float above the highest platform in a way that you could not ever reach me. And we timed out of the game and had a draw because I refused to meet you on the battleground in your terms. And instead... Or anyone's terms. Jumped Normal and floated terms. above the battle to the point where you could never reach me. Or if you could, you only got like one hit off and then like I would float and jump back up. And I think... It frustrated you to the point where you decided not to play Super Smash Brothers again that entire weekend. I outlawed it. Instead, we played, I think, Fortnite. <laughs> and fucking Rocket League. Most of the weekend. Neither of which I like that much. Yeah, no, I don't like you. Especially because I'm not good at either of them. Yeah. I like the games that I'm good at. One game you're good at is Pokemon Red and Blue, which is what we're here to discuss tonight. Joshua... Heading into the gym battle with Blaine on Cinnabar Island, I want to take a quick detour into a couple of hit segments that we have. Mine is called Tanner's You Make Me Barf Pokemon of the Week. And Tanner's You Make Me Barf Pokemon of the Week this week is Blaine, gym leader Blaine's Rapidash, which is the evolution of Ponyta. It's this beautiful, muscular, sleek stallion with a mane of flame. And in Gen 1, its sprite is commanding <laughs> and alluring. And the reason Blaine's Rapidash is my You Make Me Barf Pokemon of the Week is not because it's disgusting, because it is quite muscular and quite pretty. I hate for this to always be my thing, 
but it seems like I am building a brand around this now. So I do need to kind of turn into this gate a little bit. What I hated was my reaction to it, which was unadulterated horniness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot going on with this Pokemon sprite, and it is giving me feelings which are confusing to me. Confusing. Confusing feelings. It's definitely a sprite that evokes, like, this Rapidash is upset with you if you do not do what it says. Yeah, and look at its fucking, like, beautiful sleek curves and muscles. It's got a beautiful body, and it's about to stomp on you. If you do not... Oh, and God, I pray (laughs) it does, right? (laughs) Rock me to sleep. Stomp on me, Daddy, right? stomp on tanner to death i feel like this is the first time you've really joined me on one of my diversions into sexualizing pokemon let's just call it what it is you saw it too i saw it so it wasn't quite the pokemon that i thought was you barf it was my own immediate reaction to the pokemon that made me you barf this week and i'm still living with that i'm still living with that guilt i'm still living with that emotion you know my sweetie joshy's sweetie josh ponita okay it's very interesting that we ended up having both a disgusted and also slightly intrigued response to rapidash and then a sweetie response to ponita ponita's a cutie little pokemon He or she's got those very sassy, like, flames coming out of the hoofs. Yep. It's a good look. Like a nice nose. It's a cool-looking Pokemon. I'm to understand that the new Ponyta in Sword Shield has kind of a new look. It's it's got sort of like a a glowy rainbow mane now. Yeah, it's a unicorn, I believe. Which I guess fits with the whole, like, English-slash-Scottish vibe of the new game right yeah that'll be a fun and we'll see if we're still as sexually interested in the <laughs> ponyta slash rapidash evolution line come sword and shield and if we'll see if we ever have this alignment of tanner's you make me barf pokemon of the week right. and joshi's sweeties being the same evolutionary line right i think we will i think that's i think that's likely so let's talk about did you drop off your yes. dome fossil? Yes. Kabuto. I forgot to pick it up, so I put my helix fossil there, and I forgot about it. Okay, but you have not picked it up. No. Okay. I picked up mine, Kabuto. Yeah. And did spend some time leveling it into a Kabutops before ultimately deciding that Kabutops was not worth my time and shelving him and putting him back in Bill's PC. Kabutops and... Almost are are both water slash rock type Pokemon. Right. Neither of them have any actual rock type moves. And they're ultimately useless as Pokemon. Like there's there's a million better selections to be. You don't have to tell me twice. Like why do they make us carry these fucking fossils for the entire game? It's so stupid. You expect to like sit and then and then they make you wait for the fossils to be like turned into real Pokemon. And then you do that, and it's like, they're these useless Pokemon who are like... Trash. Trash. They're trash. They're trash. 
Yeah. Literally three buildings on Cinnabar Island. And Dr. Fuji's lab, which should be this very exciting and enticing place, is the least interesting landmark on that island. Well, and that makes sense because he's the guy who allowed Pokemon Mansion, which was the original lab where they were experimenting on Mew, to go fucking completely renegade. Yeah. Like, Dr. Fuji has no control over his fucking operation. Yeah, he seems like a joke. He's like a eccentric creative who can't control his impulses. Um, which brings us to the one of the, the building two of three on Cinnabar which is Pokemon Mansion. Let me tell you something, Josh. Over the last few weeks, weeks, I have spent more time in Pokemon Mansion than I have in any game or maybe even in reality. Mr. Squirt and his Pokemon have walked the hallowed halls of the Pokemon Mansion endlessly, just training and grinding and leaving a increasingly large pile of <laughs> horse bodies behind us as we went you walk into pokemon mansion behind mr squirt and what you're going to be encountered with is a, a large grand hallway and piled up in the middle of it is just a, a huge mound of horse bodies and black sludge from all the grimers and pony a stack of like coughings they're like deflated balloons. And Vulpexes. That is how that Dratini, Victoria, that's how Victoria went from level 15 to 43. I just threw her in there and I was like, listen, if you're going to be part of this team, then you're going to have to beat up every single Pokemon in here. Yeah. Oh, and Pokemon Mansion, they thought it was fucked up after Mewtwo broke out of there and blew the whole thing uh, up. yeah, yeah. This is worse. All those robbers are going to be like telling a new story now for like the next guy who comes along. They're going to be like, oh yeah, this was where Mewtwo's laboratory was, but also like this dude came along called Mr. Squirt and just like, he slaughtered a bunch of horses. <laughs> you see all the horse These bones? beautiful horses, yeah. by the way. My little sweeties. Yeah, your sweeties. Anyway, I guess this is where Mewtwo was born. That's right. Cinnabar has bad luck because like it's where they develop Mewtwo and it broke out of Pokemon Mansion and destroyed it. And also then shortly afterwards, a volcano erupted and sunk the entire island into the ocean, except for like two or three buildings. Imagine being a fucking resident on Cinnabar. It's this whole the South Sea, whatever this is in, in Kanto is a bad scene. I mean, we know that sea foam was already broken up by a, an eruption because someone on that island, one of the swimmers is like, oh, this yes. used to be one <laughs> island. Guess and now it's two. Pokeballs. <laughs> and then you get to Cinnabar and it's everyone is like, oh, I mean, you look at the ground and it's full of weeds. Which is yeah. also interesting. Like, they did... Game Freak did pay attention to, like, making this island look more devastated. I read all of the... Which I always have done, but this time I finally, like, recorded all of the little journal entries that you see in Pokemon Mansion. Yeah. And earlier on we were talking about how Mew was found in South America, and it's actually Guyana, South America. They, they prescribe a country. Josh, we have to wrap up pretty soon. Made our way through the Pokemon Mansion, learned about Mewtwo's origins, defeated all the bad guys in there. 
you make your way through Pokemon Mansion and you'd find a key. And the key grants you access to the gym. Gym number seven, Blaine's gym. I already talked about Blaine's sexy Rapidash, but Blaine is kind of a gross old man. Yeah, it's interesting because his avatar in the badge screen, like if you look at your trainer ID, actually looks somewhat attractive. You know, like being bald can be attractive or not attractive based I don't know on that. Like how you do it. As a full haired man, a man with a lot of hey. hair and a lot of full hair. I don't know what that means. But... I'm a full-haired man as well. Oh, yeah. For now. For now. <laughs> For now. But I think what was interesting to me is that, like, Blaine's sprite is that same one that they just have, like, a default of some guy who looks like a probably alcoholic, like, cowboy yeah, 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 in, yeah, like, yeah. a saloon yeah. with, like, wide legs. And it's like, oh, this guy is going to beat me up for any other reason other than talent right blaine his character in the anime is a talented scientist he acts like a dumb dumb in the game he's like a my fire my fire pokemon are gonna well like well i hope you brought a burn heal because i'm about to it's like yeah dog i have like a thousand burn heals like i just buy full heals because i'm not a fucking idiot it's also like your fire type i have I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to one-hit, one-kill you with any Pokemon on my team. I didn't even bring anyone in who was super effective anymore. I mean, first of all, he's running a gym that is full of thieves. He's running a gym full yeah. of thieves. And they're all like, hey, uh, I was a thief until um, Blaine turned me straight. I'm like, what? That's problematic. Like, what's going on yeah. in here? I mean, I guess, like, the whole theme of Cinnabar is, like, it's looters like this volcano erupted and everything sunk into the sea and now it's just full of looters because like pokemon mansion was also full of thieves and burglars so we fought blaine oh my god i smashed blaine it's like uh he had an arcanine that was level 47 yeah and you encountered that rapidash that was level 42 and that's what got triggered oh yes that (laughs) rapidash The Arcanine... I mean, none of it was a problem for me. No. If, if I have to be honest. Yep. I just used Lord Gort because I thought it would be fun to just kind of use Psychic against them. Yeah. It's not even super effective. And they all died. I just used one of my six Water-type Pokemon and hit one, kit, one hit, one kill every single one of his Pokemon. Yeah. So it was... This was the most meaningless gym to me, as expected. This is the Fire-type Pokemon gym, and my entire team is Water-type Pokemon. It was just... It was a joke. It was a joke. Finally got there. We are wrapping up. Next week, we take Route 21. We will be taking Route 21 back to Pallet Town on the road to Viridian City. And who will we encounter there? Some scrub. Who knows? It's a mystery. The last time we were in Viridian, the gym was closed due to... Repairs. And then we are on the fast track to the end of this game and the end of this season. We still need to decide together, you and I, bug catchers, what my theme is going to be for the next game. One idea that's been bandied about is all Josh's sweeties. Oh, yeah. We could do that. I've already named a couple of good ones. We could just do, we could pick another type and I could just go with that. 
it's really up to us. So start thinking about that now because we are rapidly approaching at 99.9% the speed of light, the end of these games, and that's it. Other than that, you should follow us on Instagram and Twitter at expsharepod. Do just just share us from whatever podcast platform you listen from. Share us, please, because it will only help. And frankly, we've surveyed the Pokemon podcast landscape. And if you're gonna share any Pokemon podcast, share this one because we're the goodest one. Let's leave it like Tanner left Pokemon Mansion, where there are a bunch of horses. Just strewn about the landscape, and those are the other Pokemon podcasts. This week, my name has been Tanner Greenring, a.k.a. Kangaskanner, and I am joined, as always, by my dear friend and co-host, Joshua Fjallstad, a.k.a. Josh... Joshing? Joffing. Joffing? Josh... Joffing. You have to kind of combine the S-H and the F into one mouth. Joffing! Well, how they say the... In the anime is Juffing. Juffing. Well, they would say cuffing and then Juffing. Josh Fjellstad. We will see you next week on Experience Share, a Pokemon podcast. Goodbye. Bye. Smell you later. later.